Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ascend Academy podcast. This is Shan, and my mission is to bring you tools and inspiration from all around the globe that can help you ascend on this mountain of life. Back for our second appearance on the show is my warrior friend Beth Sturdivant. Beth is a shamanic healer and a coach. She's super authentic, speaks straight from the heart, and has this knack for telling you what you need to hear to heal and transform. This podcast is our attempt to bring back purity to the most bastardized subject ever: love. Enjoy the episode. Let's jump into this. This fascinating, enormous topic of love. The thing which hit me the most when we were have having that conversation yesterday, like either you or either me, said that the tragedy of human existence is that most people will never get to witness the purest form of love in their life. Let's begin there. Mm. I think small talks should be banned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just get, jump right in there. Um, well, I mean, I think that is our greatest quest. You know, the, the quest for the Holy Grail is a quest for wisdom, authenticity, self-love, you know, to, to, to find that heaven within that, as your t-shirt says, that Valhalla, to become Valhalla. What does that mean, right? What does that actually mean? To define love is like trying to define God. Like this. Yes. I can't tell you what love is because it's something you have to experience and you only know what it is based on your experience of it. And there's been many periods in my life in this lifetime where I mm. thought I was in love. Genuinely, I thought I was in love. But then I experienced love. And then I was like, holy bleep, that's what I've been looking for this entire time. And so... That's not to say that all other types of love aren't real. It's just when you experience the kind of love where it is 100% unconditional, you can't, it just is. There's no reason for it. It's not, you can't have a list of, I love you because you are this, 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 this. When you get to a point when you love somebody where there is no list, it just is that is the heart of love it's like there's no reason because it just is and you could be with that person or not be with that person you're still going to have that same amount of love because it just it just is but the bigger point of it is to help you identify what love should feel like for yourself because if you can access that capacity of love for somebody else then that should then therefore be eternalized towards yourself that's the hardest part the way you define you said defining love is like defining god it's like love is not possible without freedom as you said like the person is free to do to be to like whatever they want and you have no objection because there is freedom present all the time when there is love and what you said that defining love is like defining god the moment you put God or whatever that thing is, love, God, infinite intelligence, I like to call it, like whatever that thing is, we are aware of that. Some of us are aware of that all the time. Some of us are aware of that few times. But the moment we put love in a box, then what happens? We have created a boundary. So something which was infinite, omnipotent, now we are putting it in a box. And the moment we do that, it's destroyed completely. It's gone. Mm. It's not even there. The moment we try to put it in a box, the moment we try to, okay, I ask you, okay, Beth, what is love? It's a wrong question. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it becomes um, limited. 
we have different interpretations of it. And this is why, you know, I could say, what is the ultimate goal of working with me to help people fall in love with themselves? That just sounds like a, it makes me want to barf, <laughs> to be honest, because while that may be true, it became a cliche. it's such a cliche. And, and the point being is just, it's so much easier to figure out when we talk about, okay, well, why, how can you love yourself more? What does that mean? I, again, I can't define that for you. It's something that you're going to experience by walking through the fire and, and, and overcoming all of the demons, the dragons, the whatever that you face. It's so what I, what I mean by like, you can't define love. It's like, it's truly a personal experience is that even God, for some people, God, creator, whatever name you want to put on it is oppressive is abusive, um, mm. is racist, is like all these like labels and these experiences that we have around that thing. It's the same thing with love, you know, what, where, where it's supposed to be omni omnipresent and unconditional. Our experience of quote unquote love might be abusive, oppressive, you know, all of these things. And so then all of a sudden love becomes our enemy. So I don't, ever say to people well working with me is a quest for love because it's like well subconsciously it might be like whoa i don't want that mm. what why would i want that yes. that's terrifying so what i usually do is say okay well why we can't define what love is for you and what that actually feels like let's look at the effects of not quote unquote loving yourself let's look at the things that you do in your life that aren't kind aren't compassionate aren't mm. um truly loving so how how do you what is what do you what does that look like for you and some people it's self-abuse some people it's self-sabotage some yeah. some people it's abusing others all of those are are things that we do and effects of truly not being authentic so if we change the word we take love out of the equation and we think about what is authentically you can you be authentic what does that even mean to you because right now we're in this worldwide identity crisis so if we can figure out how you can be you truly authentically, like truly where you, there's no question about it. You just are you and you're able to express that and show up for others as you, you know, all of these things, maybe, maybe what you'll feel towards yourself in the end, you could label as love when you're you don't have solid. To, that's the point. That's the point of it. Like you don't have to label it love either like that's a choice that you have at that moment that you can say that it's love or you can just be with that just right? be just be just be love just be valhalla just be yeah. authentic just be you that is the ultimate quest is to be you and taking away all of the parts that have pulled you away from that that truth of who you are you know that's mm. the quest that's the quest so will people get love or experience that true love in this lifetime not everybody not everyone will but when you do you'll know it you will know it and i can't tell you what that it is or when or how or you know like like i said for me i've experienced a lot of what i thought was love but it actually was me needing to fill voids me needing that person to make me feel whole in some way or to hmm. identify me because i didn't know who i was so i was like oh if i'm with this person then I'm this person. Oh, if I do, if I if I do this, then I'm this. I used to move around every two years. I went to three high schools, three universities. I moved every two years of my life since I was 16. 
until I was forced to stay in one place as a single mom because I was constantly searching externally for who I was. And it was like, okay, if I go here, maybe I'll find me there. If I do this, maybe that's me. Oh, if I'm with this person, maybe that's going to be me. And oh, if I'm with this person, maybe they'll love me and I'll feel whole. And it never was sustainable. It never was. I never found me. I never found me until I met somebody where I was like, it was an act of fate, God, whatever. You couldn't stop it. It was like a train that just was coming in. It just had to happen. Even the situation of how we came together was just, you couldn't make it up. But what I knew when I saw this person, I, I actually, I didn't know. All I knew was that there he was. That, that's the best description. It was kind of a, oh, I don't know why, but this is person is my person. And sadly enough, but also not sadly enough, because it had to happen, because of all the things I'd experienced of that wasn't love, ways that I'd shape-shifted and become something other than who I actually was because of my traumatic experiences and all these things that kind of took me away from my authenticity. When I was in this relationship, I wasn't, while it was the truest version of myself I've ever, I'd had ever been, I wasn't secure or solid enough in myself to hold that type of love. Like I, I couldn't, because the situation around us was chaotic. He was going through things, I was going through things, uh, it was tumultuous. I wasn't strong enough to keep it without letting the past affect and tarnish tarnish it, so to speak. So while I experienced it, um, and then when losing it was like losing a part of my soul. It motivated me like nothing I've ever experienced to not to get him back. I never contacted him or, you know, tried to rekindle anything once it was over it was like okay uh, now I know what that feels like but I also most importantly know there's something deeply lacking in me to be able to lose that to hold it and then to lose it it's like uh yeah I needed that in me first no, I understand so. like just just think about it something and it has happened to me as well not in the aspect of love but but in other aspects something very profound the most profoundest experience or the most profound intelligence just visited me but my body my mind wasn't capable of handling that so it just came and it, it thrashed everything it just destroyed it came like a storm rather than like uh, because it wasn't a storm i wasn't capable of so it for me it looked like a storm mm. so it was looking like it's a traumatic event. But later on, I understood that that's why people train. That's why warriors train. There's the whole purpose of training. So when uh, any profound intelligence, any profound strength, any profound opportunity in your life occurs, so you're prepared for that rather than getting thrashed by that or in the, wor the worst case, not even acknowledging that it is there. Mm. <laughs> that's true. And yeah. I'm curious, like how your this understanding of love has evolved throughout the years in your life? Well, growing up, when I was a young child, I had a really great childhood, wonderful parents. My favorite fairy tale was Sleeping Beauty. And I would look like a sleeping beauty. <laughs> I do kind of look like Aurora. Yeah, yeah. I would put on the record, I had this old record, and I'd put it on Sleeping Beauty and, and it would, you know, tell the story and 
I would act it out. I'd put on red lipstick kind of like I'm wearing now and I'd act it out while I'm listening. And I mean, everything was Sleeping Beauty for me. And, you know, in that fairy tale, there's the prince and then the princess who falls asleep. And it's such a wonderful metaphor for awakening, so to speak, and fighting the, the dragons and the demons. So I, it, I knew, I guess part of me at that point was kind of looking for that night. But I also, part of me also knew that I wanted more than just surface. So when I was a, a teenager, when people would be interested in me, I never actually genuinely wanted any, it would actually kind of confuse me and I would feel really nervous. Um, not nervous in like, oh God, I, I'm afraid they're not going to love me, but nervous in like, oh, they want something from me, but I don't feel the same way. But now I have to become that for them because that's what you do. It just was so foreign to me. I'd never wanted to have relationships it just wasn't part of who I was. But yet, that's normal. You need to lose your virginity. Oh, you need to have a boyfriend. Oh, you need to do this because that's what that's what you do. So I shape started to shapeshift myself into making myself do those things, even though it wasn't authentic. And it was so uncomfortable that then I started to abuse alcohol to become that because I liked the attention. It was filling something inside of me as far as like, oh, Oh, okay. Now I've had another, now it's like another, sounds horrible, another notch on the belt, so to speak. Oh, I'm, oh, I must be good enough because so-and-so wants me. And so I would start to abuse alcohol to become somebody that naturally I wasn't in my heart of hearts because none of those people felt like that prince to me. None of them felt like that true love that I was looking for or not looking for, I should say, wanting, my heart wanting. So that happened for years and years and years where I would use alcohol to become this version of myself that I wasn't. And then I would start to question, and, and then I, uh, why didn't people want to be with me for a girlfriend? Like mm -hmm. they'd want to be with me physically. I was fun to be with, and it was nice to, oh, look at Beth, attractive Beth, I need to have Beth. But they didn't actually want to be with me. And at the time, I'd be like, what's wrong with me? I'm not good enough. Nobody wants to have a relationship, yada, yada, yada. Looking back, I completely understand because I wasn't me and none of those relationships mm -hmm. could have sustained. They could never have been healthy long term. They would have unraveled mm -hmm. in some capacity because they weren't true. And they knew that and I knew that. But again, you like the idea of things. So that happened. And then I met met my the father of my, my children and he is very attractive, it's, you know, Brad Pitt looking very like, you know, fashion photographer, like on the outside, it was wonderful. We connected and, and it felt real. And I, you know, oh, I really love this guy. And at the time I did, and I'm not saying I didn't, and that wasn't love for me in that capacity to what I was capable of, but it wasn't sustainable. It started to, we'll say it started to become like a partnership, not about like a transactional partnership. Uh, while it was loving, so to speak, it wasn't, it was more like, like a partner. That's the best way I can describe it. I needed him for certain things. He needed me for certain mm. things. And it just wasn't the love that I was looking for. And it was, certainly wasn't the love that he was looking for. We had this, this child and at the time, because of my experience of, of constantly being rejected by people as far as relationships were concerned, 
my, the first thing I said to him when he, um, when I told him I was pregnant with our first child was, please don't leave me. Not I'm pregnant, please don't leave me. Because I knew deep down that our love wasn't enough. That I just, I just knew it. I just knew it. And so uh, five months later, he left me. And that kind of spiraled and spiraled at uh, that state of desperation because I'd identified as, oh, okay, here's this person. Now I'm this partner of this fashion photographer and I'm this fancy girl. And here's a nice identity that looks great on the outside. But internally, I wasn't authentic. It wasn't an authentic relationship in, in, as far as love is concerned. It couldn't sustain itself. When he left me, I was destroyed, but not destroyed in the sense like, oh my God, I've lost the love of my life, but oh my God, I'm not, here we are again, I'm not enough. I'm not enough, somebody left me. Now you just realize my worst nightmares. Thank you for, for proving my point that I believed in myself that I was not enough to be loved. So as I continued as a single mom at that point, we'd had two children together. He left me, we got back together had another child, he left me again. Then it was then it was like I had to go on a quest to find myself, but I was doing it through, again, substance abuse, through trying to find it in other people. I didn't understand mm. who I was. And I didn't know how, I didn't know how to find it. I'm going through therapy, I'm trying to find answers, I'm taking medication for depression and anxiety, I'm trying to get the help. Who am I, who am I, I don't know. And it wasn't until I'd met uh, this person I'm talking about where it was like, oh that's my night not in that he saved me he didn't save me um but in that was the love that i've been looking for as a child and that i've been trying to shape shift to become seriously yeah that love is the love that i wanted you felt that at that time in your childhood since then you were looking for this which you now found i was like 36 37 i found it at that time Wow. And so, but again, because I'd gone through so much and I'd shapeshifted and I changed and I didn't know who I was, I wasn't able to hold it. I wasn't able to maintain it. And so it started to change. I started to change it. Situation started to change. Not the love itself, but the container that we were in. And so when I lost him, again, it was like losing a part of myself. It was like losing. The best way I can describe it for me, and I have to I have to say that I'm not speaking on his behalf in any way. I would never presume to say his experience is the same as my experience. I can only speak from my yeah. my perspective and my experience of that relationship and that connection. But it, the best way I can liken it for me was like having, if I'd ever had a twin, mm-hmm. that connection is what it would feel like, is what I imagine it would feel like. And so when he left, it was like taking a part of me away. It was like, oh my God, I'm here, I'm whole. Now you're taking that away. So while it was the hardest thing, and I would never wish it upon anybody to lose that type of connection, it was the best gift because now the emptiness that I had, that I'd always lived with, I didn't realize was missing, I had to fill myself. Now, instead of outsourcing that, I had to become the prince. I had to save myself. And I had to, mm. I had to become whole on my own. And from there, yeah. now that I know what that full whole love feels like, when I experience that again, it'll be that much more powerful, so to speak. That's why I can remain single because it to me it's it's not even a choice. 
it's kind of like, well, but why? You're attractive. This person likes me. I'm attracted to them. But it's not, I can, ex- I can experience it for what it is and appreciate it for what it is, but not make it more than what mm. it is. Do you understand? So I can have casual relationships, but not make them into attachments or more than, it's just not love in its purest form. Yeah. That was a very long tangent. <laughs> it was profound, actually, that, especially the ending. Uh, about the finding your like being your own knight, being your own savior, like feeling your own that uh, emptiness inside. And this is, I think, like uh, a lot of people don't understand how some people, very few rare people, can stay single, peaceful, and happy at the same time. It's a rarity in society, and this is the reason because you you went inside and you filled that need yourself. Mm-hmm. So there is no need inside you right now. Right now, when you'll engage in a particular relationship, you're not with in that relationship out of need. No. You are, you have a choice now by filling that need inside yourself. You have created yourself a choice, which means you have created freedom. And now love can be present in that relationship, whichever, maybe it's a five second relationship, five day relationship, five month relationship. The person can come in, go out whenever they want because there is no need. You're not going to grab that person that if you will not be there, what will happen to me and blah, blah, blah. So I don't need you anyways. Yeah, there's no fear. You are here because I want you to be here. Yeah, Yeah, there's no fear. Like to go from, please don't leave me. Yes. He leaves me. There's none of that. There's none of that. But there's also, there's none of, you know, I complete me. I complete me. Mm-hmm. And whereas the majority of society, there's this, there's this romantic idea of you complete me. Oh my God, I found you. You complete yeah. me. And the problem with this last relationship, this I'll say true love relationship is that I'm not going to say he completed me. He made me realize, not he, he didn't do anything. Just his presence in my life and that love made me realize that I didn't complete myself, that I wasn't complete within And so it's like water trying to hold water in your hands. It's just going to drip. Right. So it was a gift in that it really helped me come full circle in realizing that that girl who naturally didn't felt inclined, like, I don't want these relationships. They're not real. Like I'm not ready for them. Yes. Uh, Mm. Nor do I like, what's the point? You're attractive. I'm attractive. Mm. Cool. Does that mean we have to be together? Does it mean you have to have me? Why do you want to have me? What is the purpose of that? Like, what is the intention of having me? Is it to satisfy some part of you that you feel is empty or lacking in some way? Or is it genuinely because you're like, holy crap, this unified connection. It's like two magnets, right? Is That is what I, I can't have anything other than that anymore. So it, I guess it, it can be off-putting for some people to be in that type of presence because, I like you said, I don't need anybody. But it's also inspiring in that I can hold space for people as they're, as they're coming through that on their own and help them. That's the reason you can hold space for people, I would say. Yeah. Like suppose you were, or like, there was, there's a coach or there's a shaman who needs people to heal, who need, like who has this immense desire that whatever I'm saying, you follow. Yeah. I need you to heal. 
what they will do they'll most probably make that that person that they'll increase the timeline of their healing so they don't heal so that their whole relationship continues sure no no for me it's it makes me so excited when i start working with people and we have a oh it makes me so excited because i i can feel the outcome and that outcome isn't oh you're gonna you need me we're gonna be together and i'm gonna be your healer for the rest of your life no that outcome is you get to feel this completeness inside of you and this oh it makes me so excited because when you're whole then that only starts to radiate outside of you and you start helping other people be a whole you want to label that as love whatever you want to label and you don't have any option then (laughs) There is no like what there's nothing else you could do at that point people say i should help people i go out there and be altruistic no when you're fulfilled inside it will flow outside automatically you don't have to force it it's authentic right yeah. which is super fascinating to me how people waste so much energy and time just yeah trying to help other people and anyways like, like to continue this yeah sorry i'll just add a on. little bit to that and when you're authentic yeah. in that and you just are you're never depleted. In fact, it energizes you when you're huh. helping other people because because you're not taking anything from yourself. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like in a symphony or or frequencies. Think about It's not a sacrifice. No, no, you're not giving anything. You're just amplifying the vibration, the frequency becomes amplified and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and so you're that's that's true altruistic help and healing not i'm doing this because i'm makes me feel better about myself and i should and etc 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 so i guess if you were to define what love is if you can get to that state then that let's do it. that's what it is <laughs> that's what it is so but it is it is beautiful and it is to, to it is a wonderful full circle it's not easy i'm not going to say it is at all um but that's the whole fairy tale it's like now i'm i am the story i you know and that that kind of realization and i'll take it one step further losing this person who i thought was my savior to some capacity not only did i have to save myself mentally emotionally spiritually when he left my house Mm. like not only was that that um void so deep that i had to now fill it i also had to do it physically and that was interesting because um so this person this particular person is in the canadian special forces so he's a very like when you think of warrior as should be he is that so when he when when we broke up not only did i now have to fa- save myself in those capacities i also had to save myself physically i started training uh, to be able to to protect myself but also not not even to be able to protect myself but to feel like i didn't need anybody else that you know to to feel stronger not just externally but internally as well how you teach and guide people to be on this path or to completely love themselves again i would never probably say love themselves but i would that i would say okay well let's look what at what would you say say okay well i have a client coming up soon they're a new client and so we're going to start exploring okay well what what doesn't feel authentic at what point did you actually really fully truly can you honestly say you knew yourself that you were whole that you felt you and 
So we'll define that in some way. And sometimes we can't even define it. Sometimes we don't even have an idea. So we'll kind of maybe paint a picture. And then we'll, then we'll look at, okay, well, who do you want to be? Like, what are the part, like, let's, let's start to paint that, imagine in your mind, what that version of you might look and feel like. And sometimes we have no idea because it's so far away from us. We're so far disconnected from that. So sometimes for me, when I was starting out in this process, using the imagery of Lagerfeld from Vikings was a good way to kind of keep me on track. When I'd get off track a little bit, I'd be like, okay, what would Lagerfeld do? Okay, now I know where I got to go. So in being able to kind of have an idea of, from those two perspectives, then we, then we, where are you at now? How do you feel now about yourself? What do you not like about yourself? What are you, you know, what are the things that are keeping you in pain and turmoil? Right. And then we can start to kind of unpack and unpuzzle how those things happened, why they happened. And we can start unpeeling all those layers of how you've become and come to this place in your life. And as we do that, the dynamic starts to shift, starts to go like this. And now you start to become truer and more authentic in who you are. And you realize you've always been that person. It's just the other stuff was too, was stronger and more encompassing. And you just got lost. You're just lost. And you, so we just kind of start to shift and start to heal and change. And eventually you're leading the way. Eventually you're like, oh, no, this doesn't feel right no, no, this doesn't feel right. I'm not going to do this because I don't want to, or, you know, whatever, whatever that is for you. So it is a process. It's certainly not something that's going to happen in one, two, three, four, probably not even six sessions when we're really going, depending, depending on how far that space is in between. Right. But um, the ultimate goal is to get you to the point where you're like, this is me. I fill my own needs. I complete me. I know what I want. I know who I am. I can love from a place of authenticity. I can show up powerfully for others and help others without depleting myself. I can feel confident and um, courageous because I am. It's not You're not even thinking. You just are. If somebody wants to begin that journey, like how, how do you start? Uh, there's many, many, many different ways that we can do it. Usually when people start with me, they're feeling something's coming up. So we might explore that, how they're feeling, because it's probably, not probably, always is directly related to whatever we're working on at the time. And so I might ask them questions. We'll get to the root of that. Or I might, again, kind of help them get an understanding of where we want to go, where we are now, so we can kind of have an some kind of arc or better understanding of the process but you know the process is like this we're gonna have ups and downs ups and downs kind of thing and so when we can do that when if i'm here saying i believe in you i know you can do it not i'm gonna do it for you but you're gonna do it for you and i'm gonna remind you that you can then you go on that journey and you conquer the dragons the whatever and you come on the other side and that universal truth of love compassion forgiveness kindness strength like all of that comes that wisdom that we gain but you have to go through that you have to go through that i can't do it for you like you said and if i tried to then what what would that say about me why would i be doing that it's for me now i'm doing it for me not for you it's quite fascinating it's it's like narcissistic narcissistic yeah. therapy or narcissistic narcissistic enlightenment 
It's under the guise of I'm enlightened. enlightenment. Right? We should, we should have, we should have a program. Even more egoistic. Oh, God. But it, but it truly look. is. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's a great way to end this conversation. There's a lot to ponder. There's a lot, a lot of fascinating stuff which everyone should think upon. Where everyone can connect with you on the web uh, before you go. Yeah, people can connect with me through my website, bethsturdivant.com, bethsturdivant.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. It's Beth's official. I believe that's it. I'm not uh, the best on social media, but uh, through my website, it's probably the best. You can email me. And this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Conversations with you are always deep, insightful, and all I would say, to be continued. To be continued.